My guest today on the Relationship Revival Show is Chris Parsons. Chris is the author of The Happy Healthy Marriage Reset, Using Sincerity to Erase the Relationship Baggage and Restore the Love. After almost losing his marriage and family, he discovered the root cause of unhappiness and disconnection that leads to divorce and the solution that resets marriages to be loving and peaceful so that you can get back to enjoying each other again. You're listening to the Relationship Revival Podcast with John DeBach, also known as Mr. Spirituality. That's me. I'm your host giving you insights and guidance from over 10 years in the field of this amazing journey we call romance. On this show, I go over everything you need to know about how to get into a relationship, how to get the most out of a relationship, and sometimes even how to gracefully end a relationship without pulling your hair out and going crazy. And occasionally, I'm even joined by new and old friends who are also relationship experts to bring you guidance and wisdom with new perspectives. Thanks for stopping by. Chris, thanks so much for being on the show. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I uh, I really connect with that myself. Um, I, I, I think I've mentioned it on the show before, but my wife's a therapist. I'm a therapist. And about 12, 15 years, I'm, I don't know exactly what, very early on, we we had a big fight very soon after our, our wedding and we went to four marriage therapists or a couples therapist or I should say I should say self-proclaimed couples therapists. Um, and and then I they were so bad that I ended up going to two of my own individual therapists and um, kind of had to figure it out on my own through reading and stuff and. Um, and that's and and that's one of the reasons why I made it my life's work. So it sounds like you and I kind of have the same origin story with, for the work we do. Is that right? Absolutely. So what clicked for you? What what made you realize how to fix your own marriage? You know, um, the hardest part was looking in the mirror. We. It was so toxic in my marriage when my wife uh, said she wanted a separation. Um, we were both so bitter and we both were blaming each other. You know, I was looking at myself, thinking about all the things that I do right and, you know, that make me an amazing husband and father um, and everything that was wrong with her. And she was doing the same thing, looking at herself, saying, I'm great, you're terrible. And, um, and so, you know, when she said that we needed to have a separation because of how toxic things had gotten, um, I really, I had to look in the mirror and I had to ask myself, like, if I was as great of a husband as I thought I would, was, would I be here right now? And the answer was no, I wouldn't be. Um, and so, you know, I turned to books and programs and trying to find answers to fix this problem because I absolutely loved and cherished my wife and did not want to lose my family. Um, and, you know, some things helped and some things helped for a little while, but ultimately I feel, felt like we were just putting band-aids on problems. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm just the type of person that uh, I love to, to problem solve and, so I set my mind to solving this problem and figured out a lot for myself. Uh, and then I started helping other people, just friends and, you know, guys from Bible study and different people that, you know, I'd hear about their marriage struggle and I would tell them about things that I had done. And I started to 
figure out what the the common issues were and really see all these dynamics were happening across so, so many marriages, you know, uh, and really dive into creating a, a systematic approach to solving it instead of kind of, you know, just figuring it out on the fly as I did in my marriage. Yeah. What did you find were issues that kept coming up? I'm sure a lot of people listening will resonate when you start getting slightly specific. I mean, obviously you can get really specific and then it's only one couple, but the kind of the normal things that you saw falling apart. Yes. Yeah, so like for my wife and I, we would cycle between being toxic and then being disconnected roommates. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we would uh, be distant and, you know, just treat each other like, you know, a, a co-parent basically living in the same house. And we would talk logistics and stuff, but there was no emotional intimacy. Um, you know, sex was something that we agreed was necessary, but not something that, you know, felt well, organic. first of all, you already are, are better than most couples if you both agree it's necessary. So at least you had something going on there. <laughs> I, I actually, I don't think it helped us. Really? Um, I, uh, yeah, I am not a fan of, you know, maintenance sex or, um, you know, trying to fake uh, intimacy yeah. because it builds resentment. Sure. Um, and so, you know, at the end of the day, I don't want to have sex with somebody that doesn't want to have sex with me. Um, and so, uh, you know, that um, but we did, um, you know, keep that alive and going because, you know, we heard it was important. And sure. You were busy doing all the things we thought we were supposed to do. Um, and uh, if, and if nothing would, else, if nothing else, one thing that probably was good about that was letting you know your wife was still trying to figure out how to make it work. Right. So maybe the sex yeah. wasn't great and maybe it was, you know, a little hurtful at times, but the fact that she showed up, at least let you know she hasn't given up. So there, at least there was a little bit of a silver lining. Yeah, yeah. And um, honestly, though, I mean, you know, everything has pros and cons. For me, I would have known and recognized and dealt with the problem a lot earlier if we weren't having sex. Oh, wow. Because uh, it would have put fuel on the fire. It wouldn't It wouldn't have like... So I had a mentor once who talked about, and, and honestly, like my podcast is rarely about sex. I don't know if you've listened to it, but like, yeah. I think it's, you brought it up. So I, I, I had a mentor who once told me that sex can be the oil that keeps the squeaky wheel quiet, but mm -hmm. the kind of, to your point, sometimes you need to let that wheel squeak. So, you know, you got to fix it. You got to tighten the nut. You got to switch something out. So you're right. You know, if, if that wasn't there kind of pacifying everybody, maybe you would have addressed the real issues a little faster. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so then when we would try to connect and be close, it would get toxic. I mean, yelling, shouting, name calling, mean, you know, hateful things said um, and just really, you know, it, it was not an environment we would want our kids growing up in. It wasn't an environment we were happy in. And it felt like we had to choose between those poisons. Um, and ultimately what I realized is that, you know, even really not just marriages on the brink of divorce, but, but many marriages 
are either completely disconnected or, you know, so there's no emotional intimacy or deep bond um, or, uh, you know, it's toxic and, and it's mean and ugly and, uh, you know, you're walking on eggshells, you're afraid of upsetting them and you're not saying how you feel because you're trying to prioritize, you know, their feelings and all these different things. And, and both of those have the same reason, but whether you're one or the other or cycle between them, the two, like I did, comes down to how, how much you want to avoid conflict. And so the, whether you're disconnected or toxic isn't really that important. Um, but what I found is that resentment is what gets there. And that's when you start becoming bitter because you're blaming each other instead of owning your power to make the changes. And when you're unhappy saying I'm unhappy and this needs to change or I'm out. Right. Right. It's, you know, it's interesting. What I found is most therapists and you probably don't know this cause you're not on the clinical side, but, but I, I both being one and, and talking to so many, the reason therapy doesn't work often for couples is because therapists don't get training at the university level on couples really. And so anyone that I've had on the show who does specialize in couples, not that it's only couples experts, but the ones who do really well with couples know that it's a specialty you kind of have to get outside of after school. Um, and a lot of what you're talking about connects to some of those schooling thoughts. So the three main ones are emotionally focused therapy, Gottman and Imago. You're talking that you're using a lot of the same words even from Gottman. But I like that yeah. there's a first of all, there's a very personal approach with you because you've lived it. Right. It seems like you're it doesn't seem like you're faith based, but you're probably faith friendly, if I could kind of put it in a kind yeah. of, you know, yeah. <laughs> kind of like yeah. me. So I, I, I'm an ordained rabbi. So it's like I, I kind of have it's it doesn't come up unless you bring it up, but it informs the approach a little bit. Yeah. And I'm a Christian and um, I don't my thing is, you know, with a lot of Christian help out there, it, it feels this is going to sound harsh, but pointless. Because they just, the answer to everything is pray about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a criticism I have too. Yeah. What are we doing here then? Right. Why, 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 why am I talking to you? Um, and so, you know, I really wanted a very practical approach that was not based on, you know, what your faith is or, or beliefs. Um, and yeah, my uh, approach, I was a psych major for about a year um, and ended up uh, dropping out of that because I was like, I can't listen to people complain all day. I'll go crazy. And yet here um, you are kind of doing it now. <laughs> right. Well, so, you know, for me, coaching is so different because I don't listen to people complain. I listen to people tell me problems and I help them fix those problems. Right. It's very direct. It's very, it's much, yeah. it's solution oriented. It is different. You're right. Um. How, when so, did you figure out that the things that you learned for yourself that you kind of figured out are applicable to other people? How did how did that happen? Yeah, so it was about six years ago when my wife and I separated and, you know, probably a, a three to six month kind of process for me to kind of figure this out, at least patch it enough to where we could be moving forward. Did you guys separate? Um, did you actually live apart? 
So I went to the cheapest little place I could find to rent, which was like a campground three hours away. Wow. Um, and, you know, it was just I needed space and I had a lot of reflecting to do. I wanted to be out in nature uh, and it was cheap. So yeah. it was only I th- it was less than 10 days, maybe eight, nine days, something like that. OK, yeah. All right. It's like it's like a short business trip of sorts. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was six so, years ago. Yeah. And then, you know, like six months later, I had a good friend reach out to me. He's like, hey, I heard you fixed problems with your wife. My wife is telling me she wants a divorce. I need your help. And so I did everything. I wrote the text messages for him. I told him exactly what to say and what to do. And a week later, she was, you know, putting her wedding ring back on saying, I love you. I want to spend my life with you. And he told me the very next day, he's like, okay, I got it from here. I don't need your help anymore. Oh, that's a mistake. And I'm, <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm like, we, we haven't even fixed any of the problems yet, right? Like you just got her on board with starting to fix them. And he's like, well, I didn't really agree with some of the things you were telling me to do anyway. Um, and, you know, it was two days later, she was taking her wedding ring off and saying, I don't know what I was thinking. I can't be with you. It kind of reminds me of that story where someone's like praying for God to help them find a parking space and they're circling. It's like, please, please. And then they find one. They're like, "Never mind, God, I got it. You know? And it's like, hello, wait a second. Did you not see what just happened? So what happened mm-hmm. from there? So he, so she took her wedding ring back off. Then what? Yeah. And he did not, he, he said, I don't agree with what you were telling me to say or do. So, you know, I don't, I'm not going to go that route again. Um, and they got divorced and, and I had to, you know, this was somebody I cared a lot about and I had to watch him go through that and lose his, his kids and his house and everything. And it broke my heart really. And that's when I got really, really interested in coaching because, I wanted to understand what motivates people to make real change. I didn't want to just tell people what to do, but actually be able to create something that was real in them, not just give them the words, but but make it something that was coming out of them. Um, and so that's when I started diving into the world of coaching. Um, at that point, I still had no you know concept that I would do this professionally. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, what field did you come from? I've got a degree in finance and I was an operations manager. Um, I don't, I guess that's what I was doing back then. I don't know. That's so funny. I've done several things, but um, yeah, you know, I was always very interested um, in high performance and success and the way the mind works and everything. You know, I read, I used to read like, you know, a self-help book every other day or so. Um, so you have a, hung- a hungry it. mind. Yeah. Uh, and, and I was just, you know, very interested in it, dove deep into it. And then I was in a Bible study with about a dozen guys and I think all, but maybe me and one other guy were, they were all on their second marriages and they were all starting to struggle heavily yeah. in their second marriages. And so I started just asking a lot of questions, you know, what happened in your first marriage? What, what's going on in this marriage? And mostly they didn't see similarities. They thought it was separate. They thought it was different. Um, but, but the differences were surface level. When I looked at it, I saw the same problems. 
They were trying really hard to be good husbands and fathers. And they felt like a failure because they weren't succeeding. And, and that gave me a really big hint as to, you know, kind of figuring out the solution, which was it's our beliefs around what we're supposed to be and do that lead us astray. You know, I think Mark Twain said, it ain't what we don't know, but what we know for sure that's just just ain't so that gets us in trouble. Yeah. So are you, is your program and your coaching and your methodology specific to husbands then? No, no, it's husbands or wives. I started off with just husbands and I had several husband clients where their wife actually uh, told their husband, like, I'm amazed at what changes I've seen. Like, who is this person? And, you know, I want to reach out to them. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so then I started helping wives and it, it really uh, expanded my horizons and viewpoint when I started working with wives and started really able to nail things down to an even deeper level because I, I understood what was universal and what was more gender specific. Did you find there was a lot of gender specific stuff? I'm curious what your experience has been now. Most of it's universal. Yeah. I I was shocked. I, I thought it would be mostly specific to gender and that's why I didn't start with wives because I didn't think I knew how to help wives. Um, And what I found is that, you know, we, we both have, there's different ideas, you know, wives generally have a different idea of what a good wife looks like compared to a good husband, but we both get false ideas that leads us astray, which it ultimately the problem with these beliefs is that they're partial truths and they only work when you're not doing it in a way that allows resentment to build. Right. And so, you know, the five love languages is a good book, a good tool, but the way that most people and the way my wife and I approached it was a to-do task, right? I used your love language. Now you have to use mine. Yeah, that tit for tat's not a good approach at all. Yeah. Right. But that's what most people resort to because I get to check my box that says I'm a good husband because I did this. Right. Um. And so, you know, but, but when you're doing that, you're, you're building resentment and anytime you're doing something you don't want to do to try to make your spouse happy, even though the the things that people do that men do and that women do are different, it's still ultimately the same thing, which is trying to appease your spouse, which builds resentment in both of you. Yeah. It makes you codependent as well. Uh, yeah, I mean, there is a bit of a jump there to codependency, but I see where you're making the connection for sure. Yeah. I'm not saying it's the exact same, but in my experience, it, it typically leads there. Yeah. If it's going to be quasi successful, you know, like someone eventually says, well, I guess their happiness is the only thing that matters. And then it starts that kind of bad cycle. So let's, let's kind of get into some, do you have any tips you know, generally for someone who's listening, obviously they should buy your book and you have a, I mean, it's, a, you've made it amazingly affordable, which is great. Um, and, and we'll get to where they can find it, but kind of, is there kind of a generic tip or two you want to share with someone who might be listening right now? Yeah. Um, I think the biggest tip is that if you are not on the brink of divorce, but you can sense the disconnection and the resentment building 
get it addressed as soon as possible and don't be comfortable with how things are. Because I talk to people every day that feel totally blindsided by their spouse's affair, their spouse's, you know, asking for a separation or divorce or saying, I love you, but I'm not in love with you. And I think, you know, we're all just kind of floating through life. And, and um, the biggest first step is to recognize that you're not happy with how things are. And most of us are trying to make ourselves happy with it instead of recognizing we are unhappy with it. So it's time to take some action to change that. Yeah, for sure. Is there a point where it's too late to start working with you where it's like, ah, it's a little too far gone? Yeah. Um, when you have a restraining order out <laughs> against you, that is, you hard know, to, I was, yeah. yeah, when I, when I first started doing this and I had, you know, guys would reach out and they'd be like, you know, I can't contact her. I can't write her a letter. Can't. And I'm like, yep. I'm not a magician. I don't know, you know. Um, and so, uh, but really any time that the door of communication is open and they're still showing some level of interest or care or concern about you, then there's an opportunity to move forward. I think that's great. That's a great benchmark. I use the same one. I mean, if there's been violence or if there's been, uh, if there's been violence and, the, and there hasn't been healing, I should say, technically, and then the restraining order is a great one for sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so that's a, you know, another thing is a hard, what I call a hard line boundary, which is like physical violence, right? If, if a boundary has been crossed that you're not willing to forgive and move beyond, then it just is what it is. Yeah. Deal breakers. Yeah, for sure. Hard right. line boundaries, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Those are. That's kind of core, I think, of my own work too, is figuring out what's non-negotiable, right? I think yep. I think physical violence is kind of on everybody's list, but you'd be surprised, and I'm sure you can kind of agree with me here, what is a deal breaker for so many people, right? It's different for everybody. Yeah, and so, you know, what I encourage people to do, and this would be my second tip, um, which really goes to the first one, but it's to raise your standards, of what you're willing to tolerate and accept in terms of what your spouse is bringing to the marriage and for the marriage itself. I love that. You know, I love that kind of set the expectation high, right? So that you don't just get complacent with a ho-hum kind of marriage, right? I, I, how many times have you heard someone say, well, I'm okay with sex once a month, or I'm okay with not going on date nights, you know, unless it's a birthday and you're like, no, you're not. You're just, you're lying to yourself. You know, I mean, that's, it's, that's not a recipe for a healthy marriage. I think that's a great, and you phrase it in a great way. Raise your standards. I love that. Yeah. They're, they're settling for being unhappy together instead of possibly happy without them. And so, you know, probably something not many marriage coaches, counselors, anybody would say um, is I actually think that it's a very healthy thing for you to say, this marriage isn't serving me. And if this behavior doesn't change, then I'm out. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, where can people find the book and how can they get in touch with you? Um, okay. Kind of give, give people a, a, a very clear path to kind of working with you. <laughs> yeah. So you can get the book on my website. That's www.happyhealthymarriageresetcom um, and, you know, comes with bonuses. It's only five bucks. And, uh, 
after you buy the book, there's other products on there. If you're interested in that, there's also the option to get in touch to learn about coaching. Um, and so that's the best place to start. And really the information in the book, uh, it's profound. Uh, you know, it's, it's very practical, very much a, you know, here, take this step, do this action, um, kind of book. And it's written the way that I speak, you know, I'm blunt and to the point and, uh, not afraid to be vulnerable ab about my own experiences. That's great. It's refreshing. I mean, a lot of times in therapy, the therapist can't, I, I break a lot of rules, but there are, there are therapists. Like my wife is a great example. She's a therapist. You won't know anything about her. And she practices that distance. And that's wonderful for that kind of approach. But oftentimes you want to feel like you're with someone who's been in the trenches and has kind of lived through it. And I, that's, I, I do share more than some, and I like that you're open about it as well. I think it is helpful. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I think there's a role for, for both uh, therapists and for coaches. And um, I didn't want to try to be a knockoff therapist. Sure. You know, I wanted uh, uh, an approach that is what I'm good at and that's effective for my clients. Fantastic. So it's happy, healthy marriage reset.com. I'm going to put it in the show notes. If you're listening, if you're in your Tesla, giving it a listen, just uh, I'm, I'm saying it out loud, but you can always check the show notes there. We'll have a link. Uh, Chris Parsons, thank you so much for being here and keep doing the good work that people need. I mean, there is no shortage of people struggling in their relationships and and those who have focused on it and make it a priority in their work are are few and far between. So I appreciate you kind of entering the fold as a coach and uh, and spreading the information out there. If you're interested in learning how to get the absolute most out of your romantic relationships, then you're in luck because I have put together a free workshop or masterclass, if you will, about three secrets that people in happy relationships have discovered. You can view the workshop at mrspirituality.com slash three secrets. Again, it's completely free. Just go there and watch it. It'll help you on your journey, give you some wisdom, some things to think about. The website again is mrspirituality.com slash three secrets. That's mrspirituality.com slash the number three, the word secrets. It's all yours. Enjoy. Enjoy.